This week's episode is brought to you by Karen S., who suggested a featured movie on our Facebook page and says that this is her favorite movie. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. But anyway, if you have a movie you'd like us to cover on a future episode of the show, we're going to tell you all the ways you can do that at the end of the episode. And now, let's begin. Hey, Mike. Still setting up those traps? Yep. I'm not losing our studio to a bunch of hooligans. Pass me the drill. Sure, um, but that doesn't look like drilling work. And don't you have three hanging already? Yeah, if anyone snags this tripwire right here, it closes the circuit and powers these things, and they just drop on people's heads. If Sleepaway Camp and Phantasm have taught me anything, it's that drills are highly effective skull death implements. So, what's with the machete and Jason mask? Oh, I'm heading out. I got a few co-workers to stop listening to the podcast, and this is how I'm going to address my grievances with them. <laughs> well, it is a tad extreme. Yeah, coming from Kevin McAllister, if he was mentored by Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah, mock me now, but when this studio is still standing tomorrow, you'll be grateful. Plus, we'll have a well-fertilized lawn for months. Well, at least the parts that aren't mined. So, watch your step. Hey, here's a map so you know where to walk and to avoid the concrete-filled paint buckets on the ropes near the door and the trees with the motion-centered napalm throwers and the poop-lined bamboo spear pits. Jeez. You know, you could just defend this place like a man. I am. A handyman. Have fun on your sanctioned murder spree. Oh, I will. Now let's... Oh my god, how do you even get out of the front door? Mike, you really went overboard with this. Are you expecting a horde to come in and kill you specifically? You know what I've said on this podcast. Mm. And if all the traps get set off, we'll have enough footage for a YouTube channel. Uh, fair enough. Anyways, I am out now. I'm going to listen to some Alice Cooper and get me in the mood. Okay, make sure to use the map, Sheldon. Don't just use the patio stone walkway. I've rigged the stones with industrial springs and pressure plates. God damn it, Sheldon. I hope I have time to reset the spring. <sighs> oh well, time to set the music in advance. And welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the show where each week we watch a horror movie suggested by one of our listeners and we break it down into the good, the bad, and sometimes whatever category we decide to make up along the way. We'll talk about the plot, some production details, and anything else we find fun or relevant. I'm your host Sheldon, and I never worked a graveyard shift alone. Please say hello to somebody that I definitely would separate myself from if crime became legal for any amount of time. My co-host, Mike. Hey, everybody. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Uh, pretty happy that I don't live in this fucking world. Uh, that, that I don't live in the world of this movie. How about you? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes, that would be bad. <laughs> would not enjoy that at all. 
So since uh, we've already, you know, kind of alluded to what we're doing, how about you tell everyone what we got for them this week? Today's episode is The Binge Part 2, because we watched The Purge. (laughs) Nice. We sure did. And before we get into any details, what do you think of this one? Uh, After hearing this name, I thought we were going to be watching, like, the Karen Carpenter story. Oh... But uh, this movie's got a bit of a reputation that precedes it. It's one of those movies where, like, the whole premise gets uh, gets front-loaded in all the references, like, that we saw in Rick and Morty. So oh, I was kind of already... best episode of Rick and Morty ever. Oh, yeah, especially when they go over to kill all the rich people and then they start, like, doing a, a dance sequence on their blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Morty finally snaps. Exactly, that uh. was the best part. Okay, good. Let it all out, Morty. Okay, you're letting too much out. <laughs> Morty, you gotta hold a little bit of it back in. Fuck you, I'll purge you, you old rickety bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a type of movie that, uh, even if you haven't seen it, everybody, like, immediately when you say The Purge, knows the basic premise of it. I, I When I heard them reference, that, like, oh, like, murder is legal and all that, I thought people were just, like, referencing, like, a knockoff of The Hunger Games. Because mm. it looked like one of those things where it's like, hey, it's sanctioned murder. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, so um, it's funny because, you know, there's, uh, there's a few Purge movies. Uh, this movie actually spawned two sequels, a prequel, and a TV show on Amazon Prime. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what to think of this one. Like, it's not... I, I enjoyed it, sure, but... It wasn't what I was expecting, especially since I had seen two of the sequels before I saw this one. <laughs> you know, so, because everybody told me, like, oh, you don't have to watch them. Like, there's no particular order. Like, you know, they, they don't really depend on each other. So you can watch them in whatever order you want. And uh, so, yeah. And at the time, um, the, the first sequel was in theater. So I saw it there and I thought, like, oh, well... The first one is probably just going to be like another, just a rehash. Like, like the sequel is probably just a rehashing of the first one, but the first one did, certainly did take a different uh, story than it was a different story than I thought. But anyway, we'll get into that. We'll give our breakdown in just a moment. But before I get, uh, before I move us along into that, here's a little information on the Purge. Released in June of 2013, the Purge is an American horror thriller. It has an R rating due to its violent content, a runtime of 85 minutes, had a budget of $3 million, and earned over $89 million at the box office. So, a little bit of a success. There's not a, lo- not a lot of love for this one on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a critic score of 39% and an audience score of 36 Wow, unanimous. Yeah. I, w- I was kind of surprised, to be honest. As for the plot... A wealthy family are held hostage for harboring the target of a murderous syndicate during the Purge, a 12-hour period in which all and any crime is legal. Okay, so we're going to do with this one like we always do. We're going to break it down into the good and the bad. And uh, this can be anything we liked or didn't like about it. I mean, it could be something as broad as an overall theme or something as specific as a certain scene, certain character, certain 
line of dialogue, certain special effect, whatever the case is. If we liked it, we'll talk about it. If we didn't like it, we'll probably talk about it even more. And as always, we will start with the good and we will start with the mic. So Mike, please tell me something you liked about The Purge. The, uh, the introduction. It showed stock footage of previous purges. So before we even get to hear any characters speaking, it's already giving us a nice taste of what this what this nation, what this version of America has become. Mm-hmm. So it, it sets up the mood, the atmosphere, the world. Before you hear a single line of dialogue, it is showing instead of telling. And that's a good, that's, that's storytelling done right. Yeah. Show, don't tell, and they did that. Yes, you got, like, within the first couple minutes, you knew exactly what this was going to be all about. Not what it's going to be all about, but at least what the actual purge is going to be about. So yeah, they got the, they wrapped it up. They got that out of the way real quick, so you could jump right into the story. And uh, the first thing I got on my list is just like, hey, you know what? Good story, like something original, um, something. And you know, it's not the first time that there have been something like a movie about like kind of a dystopian type of uh, future. I don't know if that would fall into this category, but you mentioned about the Hunger Games and things like that, where there's like a certain time or, or like in a certain arena type environment where killing is sanctioned. Um, but this was something different than that. Like this is just, you know, just for tw- when it came up with the idea for 12 hours, one day a year, all crime is legal. Um, to me, I was like, that was just a clever, such a clever idea for a movie. Like kudos to them. Like that was something that, um, you know, stood out at the time in 2013. There's a lot of the same old, same old type of things coming out. So at least this stuck out as something original. Do you know who came up with the premise? Donald Trump. <laughs> well, an inspiration, but uh, the person who came up with the premise was the uh, was the director's wife, the the writer's wife. No way. There was a they got in a road rage incident. It it didn't get too violent. But when it was done, when the guy get when the guy got back to his car after like avoiding like a, a nearly violent incident, she was just like, "Can you imagine what it would be like if you just had like twelve hours where you could have done what you wanted to do to him?" <laughs> and he was just like, "You're the peaceful, level-headed one. Where the fuck did that come from?" Like it just came out of left field because she is like one of the quiet ones. <laughs> oh, and, that's the one you got to be careful of. Yeah, that's when he just decided like. As disturbing as that thought was, what if? And it inspired him to uh, write up the movie. So mm-hmm. that's where it came from. All right. Good stuff. All right. What else you got on your good list? A good sense of tension. Like, as soon as the, uh, the, the air horn goes off, the shutters come down, which, you know, it, it was cartoony. How like all these shutters come down, and yet somehow they they easily come off later. But but when people are just like looking around the house, it's although it's manufactured because of plot idiocy, there is still like some decent tension going on inside the house. Yeah. Like, although I was kind of hoping to see more of the world, like, to see what this is like on a national level, since this is our introduction. But, you know, keeping it local gave it, like, small stakes. Right. 
Yeah. How that, about you? Um, the acting was pretty good in this. Like, we had some decent actors in this. I mean, uh, Ethan Hawke and uh, I can't remember her name. I know she's been in a lot of stuff. Most common. Lena Hetty. Lena Hetty. Yeah. She's uh, um, best. Cersei? I would say best known as Cersei from Game of Thrones, of course. I knew her as Sarah Connor from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, I liked that. That was short-lived, but I was enjoying it. Yeah, the, how did the show end as soon as they introduced the Liquid Metal Terminators as <laughs> a different, as a different faction? Like, we thought that they were part of the, uh, that they were part of, like, the uh, the later uh, Cyberdyne Systems models, but in the show, like, it turns out they're a completely different thing, and they're not, like, they work with the machines, but they're not of them. Yes. Which was an odd twist. But they never elaborated on it, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, the uh, the acting in this was top-notch. I mean, like, that. those were the two leads. Um, I mean, and they're, they're two really, you know, they're quality actors. They pulled off the roles well, but the supporting actors as well all did good jobs. I thought everybody was doing, uh, did, did quite a nice job in this. So yep. um, definitely, like when it comes to when it came to acting, uh, the, the, everybody was on, was on par for sure. Um, certainly can't say I, I've seen all the purges now, including the TV show, and uh, I certainly can't say the same for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, there was some excellent acting in it. Uh, my highlight was the polite leader. Mm-hmm. He when he gives his speech about. The pig doesn't know his place, daring to kill one of our own as we tried to execute him. A, a perfect example of the absolute contempt of the rich for the poor. A, and the way he speaks of his entitlement, you will let us do as we want. And we want. Yeah. And then he kills one of his own when he gets a little uh, rambunctious. He like he just to, just to show strangers he doesn't give a fuck. This guy is living his best Alex DeLarge fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that is true for sure. Um, yeah, he like I said, he uh, everybody did a good job. Uh, yeah, even for the um, he, he certainly the guy that played uh, polite, was it polite leader. Yeah, yeah, that's I think I remember that in the credits coming up. Um, so yeah, see, he, like I said, that's perfect, exactly what I was talking about. Even, like, supporting roles, did, uh, they fit in nicely. And, uh, just the creepiness of it, and I mean, like, this is next on my list, is when the, uh, the group of the, uh, I just had them listed as the Young Republicans, uh, showed up. <laughs> oh, yes, you know how they are, you know how they vote. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, when they show up, I'm like, and I mean... <laughs> certainly has been done a lot especially like in the from the early 2000s until now in horror movies uh the mass strangers type of thing like uh these home invasion type movies what was that movie that uh, has like people with like porcelain doll masks um possibly the strangers that's it we saw something like that in cabin in the woods yeah, that exactly. was one of the monsters. Was like uh, people with porcelain masks. Yeah, because remember I asked, so like, were these people just like people? Because like, Cabin in the Woods had like a you know hundreds of monsters in these cells, and these people can walk out. So I'm like, so are they just people then that they put in there? <laughs> like <laughs> these homicidal killers that would wear masks and they just lock them in a cell? Oh yeah, people have had like psych, uh, just like violent psychos, like psycho yeah. teenagers 
<laughs> that seems to have been like a stable, like anonymous psychotic teenagers. They've been around since the 80s. We've seen those in movies. I think there was uh, some in like the 70s. As soon as like kids started riding around on motorcycles, they just started being like, you know, teenagers are just violent psychos. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so like, uh, but I they did it nicely. Like the way they were like playing around, like totally treating it like a game. Especially the uh, the women in the group. They're like Yeah, like they were all like Harley Quinns. Exactly. Yeah. So I like that. They set up a nice creepy atmosphere. And uh well, it's just a story about uh, about the mask they were wearing, like the big smiling mask. Uh, so at my work, like we on Halloween, like we can dress up, like they will give like prizes and everything for individual costumes and group costumes. Um so a bunch of us were talking, and we said, like, hey, like, let's, uh, you know, this mask from the Purge, how about we just wear some, like, clothes that's a little bit blood splattered, wear those masks, and uh, we're gonna, we'll just do, like, a group photo uh, holding a sign that, uh, well, when the Purge first came out, there were some pl- publicity shots, and one of it was uh, some people wearing a mask, and you're holding a sign that said, would you trust your friends on Purge night? And so we were going to, like, you know, Put on the clothes, put on the mask, and hold a sign for our group photo saying, like, would you trust your co-workers on Purge Night? <laughs> and uh, we told our boss about what we were doing, and she was just like, absolutely not. <laughs> you're not, you're not doing, I can't let you do that. <laughs> Aww. Your boss is usually cool. My boss is very cool, but I think it was more of a, you know, not so much her, but, like, the higher-ups would definitely <laughs> would have stepped in. They're not cool enough to know what the purge is. That would have been an HR case right there, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was fine. But whatever. So, um, yeah, like, I, I like that. I like, I like the concept of it. Just the thought that, you know, they came up with the idea that, hey... Would that actually work? Would crime come down if everybody was allowed to commit whatever crime they want for 12 hours? Um, I don't know. I see it being more problematic. I think it would create more problems than it would fix. But, uh, yeah. So, okay, did you do this when you were watching a movie? Did you all of a sudden, like, start thinking of people that you would purge if this was a real thing? <laughs> I don't know. I have like no confidence in my uh, in my capacity for violence. So I was just thinking like it's a good thing I have like a very limited social life because <laughs> it, it reduces the likelihood that anyone would come to specifically purge me. <laughs> yeah. like, I, like if anything, like I would just have to bar everything in the house just to repel any random invaders. You get a message from me, so like, hey, Mike, I'm going to be in Ottawa on the on the pur- on purge day. Totally coincidence, though. <laughs> oh, this doesn't have anything to do with the uh, the files in the Dropbox that say the graveyard shift with Sheldon. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so when we were watching this, I watched this with my uh, with my lovely wife, and we got just talking about like the uh, the concept, like if this was a real thing that for twelve hours once a year all crime was legal. And um, we were talking about what we would do if that was the case. And um, we said, okay, let's make a list of, if this was real, who we would purge, and who do we think would try to purge us. 
And so, you know, we took like a second just to uh, jot down some things. And when I said, okay, so who would you purge? And she goes, oh, I didn't have anybody for that list. I wouldn't purge anyone. And I was, you know, said, no, I wouldn't either, as I was quickly deleting my list. <laughs> and, but the funny thing was, is that, like, we only pick one of our friends that we think we would, we would, that would purge us, and we picked the same one. <laughs> 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 like, absolutely. Uh, she would be coming after us, for sure. <laughs> And uh, her husband has quite an extensive uh, gun collection, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know that they'd be looking to use it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What the fuck is going on with my computer? I've got, like, so many pop-ups right now. (laughs) Well, damn it! Makes me want to purge my computer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've got two quick ones. Uh, How about you? Um... The only thing else I had really on the list is that uh, the like the uh, I mean not it wasn't a lot of gore, but what you saw it was mostly this blood, gunshots. It was all on point, like uh, just uh, done really well. Like the wounds looked believable. Um, like it was just a good job. They didn't go overboard with the gore because there was nothing really there that would make it. You know, no wounds that we saw that would make it really go overboard. Um, uh, I don't know people. I, I thought people like they're surprisingly durable, considering they get shot like four or five times. Yeah, like like they're still standing. You think the first shot would drop them or send oh, them back yeah. a few feet? Like, but the fact that they're just like uh, 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 like just taking four or five shots before they drop. Like, what is holding you up after the second shot? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I gotta tell you, this made me laugh. No one else would probably find this funny because it's one of those things that, like, it's probably only funny if you saw it. But um, this is going way back. This was like an early job of mine. I worked in a warehouse that used to uh, ship books. And um, the people that were on, like, the, uh, on the, uh, con- working at a conveyor belt, when a box of the books used to come by, they used to get them ready for shipping, they had to fill up any empty space with packing paper. And they actually had these guns that were like just look like big cannons that you'd like point towards the book, and it had like a foot pedal that would shoot out these streams of packing paper into the box. Oh my and, gosh! Until it was full, and then you'd stop and tear it off, and like you know, close the box and tape it up and send it down the line. So there's this one lady. She was an older lady. She was probably like maybe in her fifties at the time. Um, she dropped something. And she, I think it was she just dropped the pen on the ground, and she reached down to pick it up. And when she did, she actually stepped on the pedal that fires the uh, the uh, the packing gun. But it was pointed directly at her when she stepped on it, and so the stream <laughs> of paper comes shooting out and like was just hitting her in the chest. But her reaction, she had her arms at the side, and she just like kind of like jerked back and forth for a few seconds. That <laughs> just reminded me of like a like. Just a classic thing in action movies when someone gets shot up and they just stand there and, like, jerk around. <laughs> and she didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't like an act. It just startled her, and that was her reaction. <laughs> Maybe it's a surprise human reaction when you get your lungs perforated by lead. It's, it's not like, I'm going to fall down. It's like you're just in, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> and she just, like, stops and she just, like, looks at us and goes, like, oh, that really frightened me. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, so it still comes up every now and now again. I mention it, and like me and my wife just like crack up at it. <laughs> uh, well, my second last good was the uh, the neighbors as a twist. Mm, yeah, it was a surprising twist. It was a good twist. Like you think, because <laughs> when like the, uh, the 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 kid invaders. Some of them are holding back the uh, the rear, and the boy is watching them, thinking like, "Oh man, wouldn't it be great if someone like came along and killed them for us?" And then boom, someone comes along and kills them for them, and that's great. And then the girl gets uh, she's about to get attacked by somebody. Uh, no, the the mother, she's about to get stabbed by Harley Quinn and her boyfriend, who you you, you know someone's going to come along because they take way too long to stab her. Yeah. But they line up the chest. They they like, f- like, like, like rest the machete pointed on her chest, wiggle it around a few times, and then go to lift it up, and then they get shot, and then the neighbors just like walk on. Eh. No one sticks around. No one does anything. They just walk through, and then when the neighbors finally uh, converge, oh, and uh, like the uh, the Alex DeLarge guy, he gets taken out. The neighbors come along. They gather around and everyone's just like oh thank you 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 saved us and they're like yeah we did for us and then they start tying them up and they're about to execute them and then the homeless guy who was the point of the whole thing he comes along turns the tables on them and then you think oh well they're fun- they're going to get what they deserve cuz they're they want revenge on her simply because they they spent too much money on their home security system that the husband sold them and their houses were safe. Yeah. It's it's not like he sold them shitty goods. Yeah. It's They're like... just upset that they spent a lot on it. And they've been flaunting it. <laughs> that her yeah. husband had a really good really good sales year. <laughs> it is so fucking white it is so white privilege shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. You you're flaunting your, your money that we paid you. It's like, yeah, because you bought something we provided for you and it worked. Your houses were safe. Like yeah, you pay, you got what you paid for. Fuck you. Yeah, but well, oh, yeah. And on. here's here's something I had on my list that uh, that my wife actually wanted, but she said make sure you point this out because she loved this. Um, even though like uh, Ethan Hawke's character got his certainly got his uh, shots in during the movie. Like I mean, he was uh, he certainly. Oh, he, he, Ethan Hawke, that place up. Oh yeah, he did his job when it came to protecting the place. But it actually turns out that the wife is the hero of the story. Uh, you know, she was basically last uh, last one standing. Yeah, but, and she held on to her, like, I guess morality, even though, like, she, like, she, yeah, she didn't kill anybody, but not for lack of trying, because she was walking around with a knife at one point. Yes. She just, she just wasn't good with it. Yeah, but at the end, she was like, no, we're going to sit here and be peaceful, and if you try to do anything, I'll shoot you. Or I'll break your nose, which she did. Yeah, she did. <laughs> uh, yeah, because one of the neighbors tries to grab a shotgun from her, and then she immediately slams her face into the counter like two or three times, and then she's just like, what did I say about no violence, you fucking dumbass? <laughs> See, I like that. Like, uh, Wasn't expecting uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, character to get uh, dispatched like that. No, but it was definitely a, uh, a surprise. Mm-hmm. It was a good kill, and uh, 
and then when the the sirens goes off, she's like, "Now get the fuck out of my house." <laughs> yeah. And uh, the final good is the uh, the end credits with all the various uh, radio station skipping, where you hear all the uh, all the various thoughts going on. Like it was another successful purge. Dallas reported the highest success rate. Which, in other words, means, like, the biggest, <laughs> the, the highest pile of bodies. Yeah. And uh, at one point, and it ends, like, with all these successes, but then the final call-in is, I had two sons before the purge, and now I don't. Yeah, I support this, the purge th- up this, to this. And... Yeah, this is the worst night of my life or something. Like, just like a real human cost downer. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, someone's finally acting fucking normal. Like, there's consequences for this. Yeah, but the thing is, too, is, like, I said, like, yeah, okay, so somebody is, like, you know, having real, like, having real thoughts about what happened, but it took for two of their family members to die for them to come to this conclusion. Yeah, you can definitely like, tell you didn't they, have were, any they, empathy they were for, those people. Yeah, you didn't have any empathy for anything happening to anyone else, all the other dead bodies, but now because it's somebody that's that you know and love then oh shit okay so yeah so that takes care of uh of the good so i guess we'll jump right into the bad and uh, since you started with the good i'll start with the bad and okay so this (laughs) i've kind of feel i'm a little bit conflicted about putting this in the bad but it seems to me that like if they're going to create a story about how, like, you know, the government comes up with this idea where for 12 hours, one day a year, all crime is legal. It seems odd that they would basically just turn this premise into a home invasion movie. Instead of, like, showing, like, being in the middle of all the riots and everything. And they do do that in the sequels. They get into that. Um... But yeah, it just seems that like like that the if for such um, it's an odd choice for something that's supposed to be like a national. Yes, this is law. a national event, but we're, the whole movie is going to play out in this one con- combined into this one house. Yeah, I'd at least like to see this in a city. Like like people are stranded. They like someone went shopping and they like they their car broke down, so at the end they end up walking home and then they get lost and like they're trying to get their way home throughout the purge and like making friends with local gangs, like trying to you know, trying to find like like trying to find like some purgers with like hearts of gold who are only out to like kill specific people or like to kill bad people. <laughs> yeah. Like or you can have like a, a woman who has like been assaulted by somebody and like a group of women who have equally been assaulted, like they have a support group, and then on purge night, they go out after their attackers. You actually just nailed uh, one of the uh, one of the storylines in the uh, Purge TV show. Fuck! I might have to watch the mean, show. It sounds great. And I mean, absolutely nailed it, like a, like word for word. Because um, in the Purge TV show, this is like one of our one of the main characters that you're following. Basically, the Purge TV show, um, it's only one season. Uh, not that great, to be honest. And some of the worst acting I've seen, I mean, like, basically community theater acting at some points. <laughs> um, but this is on AMC, isn't it? Uh, no, it's uh, an Amazon Prime show. Ooh. And so... Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, it so happens that there is like one of one of main characters meets up with this basically a group of women that um, you know they put cards they they have like cards and everything around that they pass out like throughout the year to say that like if you're a woman that's like you know a victim of uh, domestic abuse and it's purge night, call us. And they drive around like this group of women are heavily armed, drive around in an RV and go to those locations and basically just like, you know, go to the, go find the guys and just fuck them up. And they don't kill them, but they literally hot with a piece of hot iron brand the word pig onto their foreheads. Ooh, the inglorious bastard treatment. So they've got, they're stuck with this for life now. With this like branded <laughs> yeah. into the forehead. These these pieces of shit that are like, you know, uh, that abuse their wives, spouses, girlfriends, whatever. Yeah, so there were like, there could have, like, this could have been like a vignette movie as well. Where it just shows various people. Because again, if this is a national thing, show us across different time zones. Like a, a half hour story. Yeah. Of people throughout this nation, like people who are, you know, victims of a purge, people who are purging with uh, a good purpose, and then people that are purging with a bad purpose, like follow yeah. the villains in one case. It, yeah, it just seems weird that, like, for the first movie, you would start out like this, like, you take... It was really small. Yeah, and just contain it into such a small area. Um, so, which, weird, which, and like I said, in the sequels, they do get into that. Um, but it just seems weird that you would start off with the first movie with doing that. So. It would be great if you followed some guy in New York who, just to get, like, the most purging hours in, goes on a road trip to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. This is like... Uh, just we, follows all the time zones. So we, gets... we we had this discussion about another movie. I think it was, uh, was it Halloween 3? Yeah. When we talked about, like, so does our, do time zones affect, like, when <laughs> this stuff is going on? Yeah, the, mads, the masks activate at midnight. Yeah. New York time or L.A.? Does that mean like the masks are activating at nine o'clock in Los Angeles because it's mid the midnight hour in New York? Yeah. So that would be nice to see like a guy get like, I'm going to get 17 hours of purging by following the time zones. Yeah. Or some rich person <laughs> with like a private jet or something. Yes, that's it. Like, yeah. You know that that would be like a rich person pursuit. Like everyone gets 12 hours, but because I'm better than these scum, these pigs, I'm going to get 17 hours on my purge this year. Exactly. Yeah. Good thought. Okay. So what have you got first for the bat? Uh, the daughter's really fucking stupid. <laughs> she just accepts her boyfriend's word. And, which is basically, I am going to have a contentious conversation with your dad in a lockdown house with weapons drawn while everyone's on edge on free murder day. But trust me, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Now, now stay did... in your room and trust me because you're smart and mature <laughs> and that's why our age difference doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and she fell for it. Uh, you were saying? Yeah, now, she didn't know he had a weapon until he actually walked downstairs and confronted the father. Yeah, but, you know, you should but fucking still, realize it's murder night. Absolutely. No, you should not have a tense conversation on murder night because it can really get out of control with no consequences stopping anybody from going nuts. No, you are absolutely right. Like, I, you should, she should have known right there where this was going. Yeah. If somebody snuck into my house, like, even if, like, they were my girlfriend... 
I'd be like, um, how about you get the fuck out because it's murder night, and if somebody's in the house that's not supposed to be there, the first thing that's going to happen is bang, bang. And the second thing that's going to happen is who the fuck let her in. Yes, exactly. Because um, you, you kind of took my next point about, like, the daughter, basically, she set, like, the uh, events in motion that night. <laughs> the son, too. I didn't know the son was just trying to help, like, trying to help somebody, but, oh my god, like... Both these kids are fucking idiots. Like, first of all, like, that would be the first thing I'm thinking. It's like, oh, somebody's acting like a victim and want help, and they're just doing that so they can get inside my house. Even though this wasn't the case, I mean, that could have easily have been the case. Um, yeah, just, like, s- people doing stupid shit. Um... <laughs> Oh, that, that, that's my next point. Like, we, we can just pretty much agree on this point. The, the kids are just fucking idiots. Yeah. This family is in a high-stress situation where sticking together isn't the best option. It is the vital option. And they keep wandering the fuck off during oh. blackouts just yeah. for, like, to freak out their family. These people are fucked. Yeah, like, the, oh my god, like, several times they were, like, they could have been grouped together and they decided to split off in, in separate directions. Yeah, while being heavily armed and scared. Yeah. Which is a great time to wander off and surprise people. My uh, cat, I don't know if you can hear this right now, but my cat's being such a douchebag. <laughs> I had to let him in here into uh, this room because he was outside and just, like, howling and scratching at the door like a fucking crazy person. And now he's in here and just doing all kinds of shit. I have this mat that I keep near the door because this lunatic of a cat won't stop tearing up the carpet. (laughs) What are you doing? Stop it. And now he's just like basically attacking the mat. Uh, You know, if I was the father in this situation, as soon as like the kid takes a shot at me, I would have followed him immediately up to the room and I would have double tapped that guy in front of the daughter, and then I would have told her, I hope you have better taste in men from now on. <laughs> yeah. I would have gone fucking stone cold. I mean, it would have been a possibility that I would like look at her and go, if you want to come after me, do it yourself and don't send scrubs. <laughs> better bring your A game. I, I would immediately... I would immediately have taken that shit personally. Like, you brought the shit lord into my house. <laughs> so what's one of your next bad? Um, a lot of predictable attempted jump scares. Like, every time somebody jumped through a window or jumped from around a corner, you knew somebody was going to do that. Like, there was no secrecy in this place. There was, there was suspense, but you knew exactly the things that were going to happen inside that house. Um, the only thing that surprised me really was like the neighbor showing up and taking out the, uh, uh, taking out the young killers and then trying to take out the, uh, the family themselves. That was really the only thing about this movie that surprised me. What surprised me was that the wife didn't say like, gun them down. Oh yeah. I, I totally would have done that. In the moment, I don't care who you are. Purge night, in the moment you try to shoot me, like you're a fair game. Uh, actually, it wouldn't even have to wait for Purge Night. That could be any time. <laughs> like, even, even if they tried and unsus- like tried to get me on Purge Night and they were unsuccessful, 
I wouldn't care that the purge was over, that next day I'd be hunting them down. <laughs> uh, it's not just the kids that are really fucking stupid. The husband, he's like got the uh, the homeless guy that they've brought it, that was brought into the house. The the whole reason for this movie is psychopaths are trying to kill this homeless guy because he defended himself when they tried to kill him. Uh, the son lets him in. The father wants to let him out. They end up doing like this weird cat and mouse thing, hunting the uh, the homeless guy throughout the house. And eventually, the guy, the father, has a moment of conscience and decides, "I'm going to repel the uh, the the invaders. They're going to break in. We're going to fight them off." And um, here's the, here's the big fucking mistake: you decide to fight back against superior numbers, and you leave the guy with dog tags, suggesting he's most likely a soldier. Oh yeah, still tied up. These feep, these people are fucked. Yes. Like the get... father would have survived if he decided, okay, listen, I'm giving you a gun. We're going to survive these assholes. We're going to survive. And then you can, you can stay in my house. We'll feed you. We'll clean you up. We'll attend to your wound. I'm sorry. We'll call it a day. We'll call it a purging and be done. But no, I'm going to, I'm going to fight off eight, eight college psychos myself. He, he deserved to die. He was stupid. The whole family's stupid. Yeah, they weren't uh, they weren't a bunch of geniuses for sure. I mean, the mother just left a whole bunch of neighbors who were, will carry a grudge for three hundred and sixty five days, and most likely try again. Ah, everybody in the family is an idiot, with the exception of the son who made like a Terminator tank doll. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty much it for the bad. Like, I didn't. It wasn't like. Uh... I didn't have a great list for good or bad. Like, this is just kind of a meh movie. Like, it was good. There was certainly good points about it, good concept and all like that. But it, overall, it was just... It was fine. I was fine to watch it just as, like, you know, it was on Amazon Prime anyway, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, I only got three quick bads. The, uh... Oh, yeah, the kid, he's stupid, too, because they inject this gimmick where this kid is monitoring his pulse... For some stupid fucking reason, like he's carrying a sketchbook of his of his heart rate. Why? I mean, like if your kid is this fucked up, they they this kid should be in therapy. But they've injected the pulse monitor into the plot just so that he could put it on his father as he's dying of a wound, so you could hear his pulse fading. That is contrived. Oh yeah. That is just fucking terrible. Uh, my next bad is just like a, a missed opportunity for me. They talk about the uh, uh, only use of uh, class four weapons are allowed. It would have been nice if they could have given a quick rundown. What the hell are these classes of weapons? <laughs> my, my wife asked the exact same thing. She's like, so what the hell is a class four weapons? Like, what are the classes? Yeah, is like class one utensils, class two tools, class three melee weapons, and then class four small firearm, like like uh like large scale automatic firearms. Like what? What's a class five? Is it a fucking nuke? Yeah, exactly. Like no ballistics missiles. And my fi- my final bad related to that. Uh, if someone did use a class five or six weapon, who the fuck is around to stop them? And how are you going to find out who did it? 
Are you just going to go through the piles of bodies and be like, oh, this person was killed with a flamethrower. Time to launch a detective, time to launch a detective investigation with a pile of blood that clearly can belong to about 15 different people. Like, how the fuck are you going to investigate this? Exactly. My question was about, uh, that's a good, that's a, um, that's a good question about, like, you know, how you're going to investigate it. My question is, what happens after the purge is done? Who does the cleanup? I mean, you've got a house, their house right now has, like, what, like, at least, like, um, what, six, seven bodies in it? My thought is that it would just go to, uh, the same guy that does roadkill cleanup. Oh, yeah, you got a bunch of people just show up, like, and... With orange vests and just like starts like scraping everybody into uh, into uh, the back of a truck or something. I would imagine simply for uh, for convenience's sake, it would be like the snowblower system where you just like chuck them into a wood chipper and you just spray them into a truck until it's filled with slurry, <laughs> and then it just takes off and then you bring in another truck. All right. I mean, be honest. No one's investigating any of this shit. No, that's that's true. For Do you sure. think anybody's going to be like going to like the big? Oh, can you imagine what you I, like? You laugh at my slurry suggestion, but what the, is the other alternative? Like putting all these people in massive gymnasiums filled with uh, cold ice, with like dry ice and shit, so that people can come along and identify who didn't come back on purge night. If someone disappears on Purge and doesn't come back, they're just, just a fucking, they're just a fucking write-off. Yeah. Like, they didn't come back? Hey, listen. Uncle Jerry isn't around. No point looking in the hospitals or going to the, uh, to the body pile gym. No. He, he's just, he got, he got purged. So, just write them off. Like, nobody cares about people. That's the whole point of the purge. So, again, you just woodchipper these people into a slush. Until then the truck is filled with slush, then you just t- put a tarp on it, take it out, and get it dumped in, I don't know, fucking hot dog factory, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Solve the hunger problem as well. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was it for me. I was just wondering about that. Like, I'd like to see, like, uh, what happened, uh, one of the movies now shows, like, what the day after the purge. Oh, what I would think would be a, a the, one of the next one of the next ideas for a purge movie, a penitentiary. What would they do on purge night? Would they just open up all the gates? Well, just be did like, you say like all government buildings are kind of like they're exempt? Government government officials are exempt. Ah, okay, so you can't go after your senators or any of the founding fathers. But I think on election year, that rule was either lifted or they just said, fuck it, we're just going to disobey it. What are you going to do about it? But you saw the movie, so uh, you tell me what it was about. It was, yeah, it was something like that, that it was just going to be changed, that everybody was open season. So, again, like a uh, a penitentiary, like if you're going to have something in one spot, a penitentiary. Just have them open all the gates and go, you know what, you're a drain on the system. So, uh, tell you what. Everyone who survives this gets double rations for the year. As long as we uh, have a uh, a 25% reduction rate. Then, so, you know, you encourage people to kill everyone. Then the, uh, then the prison would have, like, the inmates would either have, a, I get to kill all my asshole cellmates, or 
they could just be like, it's time for us to come together and stop being the animals they treat us as. Like, you can have, like, some nice human development moments in that. Yeah. All right, anything else? I'm out. Me too. Okay, so you got a few oh. choices. Although I did wonder, like, what do you think a, a Canadian purge would be like? Because this movie, in this movie, it was clearly, it could not have existed anywhere else. Like, no. you could not imagine this in a uh, in an Australian version of the purge or a, uh, or a uh, British or a... Uh, no, this is only going to exist in America or, like, some third world country. Uh, the other, but yeah... <laughs> If it was in Canada, it'd be like instead of instead of like all crime is legal for twelve hours, we'd just be allowed to be rude to each other for twelve hours without consequence. Yeah, I wonder what that would be like. That would be like. That would be like. Hey, Sheldon, how you doing? Oh, it's you, you douche canoe. Ah, uh, fuck you, you prick. See you tomorrow. Yeah, see ya. And hey, yeah. make sure you bring some real beer, some Canadian beer, not any of that pee water from America. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that would probably be it. <laughs> so, basically, we'd just be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Canada would just be acting like us. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so, Mike, I'm, I honestly don't know what you're going to pick for this, but I'm curious what, you, what you've chosen for your next segment. Oh, there was plenty to choose from from my kill of the week. From uh, the neighbors coming in to save the day, air quotes, to the uh, to the uh, to the polite leader offing one of his own people just to prove a point. I have to say the uh, the massacre in the games room was tops for me. Oh, yeah. When, when the father decides, stupidly, to go one against eight, rather than taking the trained soldier, who's probably got some experience with siege warfare, because, you know, they probably go through maneuvers, like taking in rooms, clearing rooms and shit. Oh, I would imagine so. So, um, he comes in and decides... Yeah, I'm gonna leave the I'm gonna leave the guy tied up anyway, and he goes through the games room and he gets attacked by uh, two people, who um I think they come in like piggybacking each like a girl is piggybacking her uh, her man. Mm-hmm. They come into the games room and somehow by the time he gets his weapon ready, they see him, they break, and <laughs> they end up chasing him around. One guy whacks him with a pool cue until it breaks, and I'm like, dude, that would hurt, but it would not injure. It's still a fucking pool cue. Come the fuck on. Yes. Like, for... I've been hit with pool cues before. It's, it, I mean, it stings like a motherfucker, but yeah, it's not that bad. And then the guy, he gets like pushed down on the table with his uh, with his gun, and it's like pressing into his throat, and the guy manages to like grab a pool ball, whack the guy in the head with it, uh, kill him, and then the girl jumps up on the pool table to like do like a jumping stab on him and he just shoots her and she just drops like a fucking brick and rolls off the table yeah she is oh yeah yeah seriously she just like stops midair and just drops so just for the sheer amount of violence in that short span that's what got me for the uh kill of the week awesome good choice and and it uh and that scene ends with the father getting 
surprise getting ambushed by the polite guy who then like he does like that I don't know if like this was tr if this was played out when he did it or if it only got played out afterwards but it was that whole like when you get up close to someone stab them twist their kidneys and then you're like shh, 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 just let it happen just let it happen <laughs> you you were good you were really good but this is where your story ends just let it happen just let it happen yeah it was good yeah that that whole scene in the uh, games room that that was my favorite of the whole movie Really enjoyed that. So good pick. Okay, guys, Thank you. So that is The Purge. What did you think of it? Do you agree with what we had to say? Disagree? Um, was there some points that we that you think we should have brought up that we didn't? Um, or do you have a, you don't care about The Purge, but you've got an idea for a movie for us to cover for a future episode? Well, we want to hear from you. First of all, you can go the old-fashioned route and email us at graveyardshiftpod at gmail.com. You can check us out on Twitter at GYS underscore HorrorPod. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheGraveyardShiftPod. And, of course, you can always follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash TheGraveyardShiftPod. If you're feeling particularly generous, you want to make sure that we're well-funded, just in case the purge happens, we have enough uh, money to buy some weapons to defend ourselves, you <laughs> can head on over to www.Patreon.com slash Graveyard. There you can make a donation to the show that helps us keep with the costs of the production of the show and um, motion for, sensors for our studio. All that kind of good stuff. And um, you get to help us. With, and a studio. <laughs> and that too. And it uh, doesn't take a whole lot. For only a dollar a month, you get to help us out with all that good stuff. Plus, you get immediate access to some nice Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes. These are available to our Patreon-paying members only, so check those out if you're a Patreon member, or uh, take a look at Patreon to see how you can start supporting the show today. Of course, we understand not everybody has the money to give us money, but you can still help out the show a ton. Uh, first of all, whatever source you're getting the show, whether it's iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, whatever the case is, there's probably a rating, reviewing, and subscribing feature. So if you could do that, that would help us out greatly. You can also rate us, uh, review us on social media, share our page with people uh, you'd think would be interested in listening to the show, and share us by word of mouth. So, Mike, other than the graveyard shift, uh, you're probably doing some other stuff. So what's going on? Um, uh, doing the Tech Chatter podcast with Rich Reader, talking about all the technology and science stuff that's happening in the world. Amazing gadgets, gizmos, and developments, and new toys that are becoming out for all the good girls and boys. And I'm doing the Nintendo Power retrospective podcast called Playing With Power, where me and Ivan read through uh what should have been like a really boring year, but we've we're uh, doing our first four part episode. Because there was a magazine with surprisingly so much in it. And rather than letting the episodes run on, we just decided to cap them out an hour. And there was just a lot in there. So uh, look forward to hearing that. And we'll be doing the taste test soon covering uh, Paperboy. And I just saw the images of you and your cat ro of your cat just <laughs> rolling around. It's freaking hilarious. I hope... I honestly, God, I don't know if he's trying to kill that mat or trying to hump it. I really don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Check those shows out. They're all good quality and they're all uh, full of Mike goodness. So 
You want some of that? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we got an event coming up that I don't want to talk about yet. I was going to play, I mentioned it, maybe in this episode, but I was like, oh, I think I'll hang on to it and we'll surprise people with it. <laughs> um, maybe we'll mention something for next episode so that, you know, it'll get released just before this thing happens and uh, we can tell people where they might be able to go meet us. <laughs> or release it when it's too late for them to do so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what what kind of mood I'm in, if I want to meet people or not. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll chew on that for a little while and see. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to be back next week for another movie breakdown. we got some good on the list that I can't wait to talk about, because I want to see this one really bad. I haven't seen it yet, and um, I've heard good stuff, we'll say. But until next week, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thank you again for joining us on the Graveyard Shift. (laughs) I'll purge you, you rickety old bastard.